Thanks for downloading UWR Alumni Voices. Personal brand, what's yours? Your brand tells the world, employers, customers, contacts, who you are, what you're passionate about and what you're capable of. It defines you and shapes the opportunities you attract. This panel discussion covers establishing your personal brand and how to use it. Today, as you know, we've signed up to the panel on personal brand and it really exploring what's yours and how we can craft your, help you craft your personal brand to help you be successful, hopefully, in your job search as you go out into the world looking for your, new, your career. Really, I mean, the importance we feel about this panel is your brand tells the world, whether it's employers, whether it's customers, contacts, anyone that you will come across during your, during your career, really, in the, in the journey um, of who you are, what you're passionate about, and really what you're capable of, what your key strengths are, and how you can add value and differentiate yourself from the competition. It defines and shapes the opportunities you also attract, which is incredibly important when you're looking for your new role. What is your personal brand? In this session, we'll explore that. But most importantly, we'll hear from these aspirational panellists um, who will share their, um, their journey, you know, where they've landed, but also, most importantly, um, the challenges they've come across and, and um, their failures and their successes, which is obviously what we all learn from. We'll introduce the panellists. They can introduce themselves, actually, and give a little bit of bio. And I'll start with Toto next to me. <laughs> Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Toto Budara. Um, great to see everyone here. And um, my background is in brand marketing. I graduated here from UWA. You know, for me, the brand and uh, marketing aspect in terms of the creativity really um, drove that interest in, um, in the pursuit of um, starting Toto's Tips, which is a brand and image consulting business. And I consult businesses and individuals on their brand and image, both in Australia and Southeast Asia. So that's, that's a wrap for me. Thank you. So I'm Vanessa Vershaw. I work in large-scale organisational transformation, teams and leaders. I'm also working very, very closely globally with Harvard Business School as one of their executive coaches, which is the coolest job ever. It's not really a job, it's a vocation. And I guess part of the work that I do is advising leaders how to actually show up uh, how to actually represent themselves authentically and how important their brand and their authentic voice plays in being successful in every part of life, both at work and in play. So I'm going to be bringing that perspective and hopefully adding some value for you this morning. Cool. Hey, everyone. I'm Jeffrey Fendi. Uh, I am the founder and head of creativity at Draw History. Uh, Draw History was a social enterprise I started a few years ago. We work with a lot of nonprofits, social enterprises, responsible businesses in storytelling, brand activation, uh, campaigns and the likes. Uh, while it's not directly tethered to a personal brand, I think there's a lot to be said about telling your story authentically to people within communities. And um, a lot of the stuff that I practice with my team, and we've worked with over 100 NGOs from UNICEF, uh, St John of God and, and a few others, including UWA, kind of is relevant as well um, in, in how we sort of build personal brands. So. And my name is Bronnie Fisher. I am an HR manager for a small media agency here in Perth. Um, I have been working internationally and also over east um, for about 15 years in HR. Um, and I'm very passionate about graduates and mentoring graduates. I've run a few graduate programs in my career. Um, and so hopefully I can add some value with regards to the recruitment perspective, the importance of personal brand and etiquette around applying for roles. 
I'm also um, do as a little bit of coaching. I'm I'm studying positive psychology at the moment and hopefully following some of the footsteps that Vanessa has. <laughs> anyway, so let's kick off. And I sort of will try and encourage a bit of an informal conversational style panel. So we'll have about 30 minutes for a few questions that we would like to address. And then we'll wrap up with some Q&A. So I guess first of all, let's start with how to create a personal brand and what the components are of personal brand. What is so interesting with that question is it's kind of loaded. You know, there's a big misconception or misunderstanding around the difference between brand and branding. Does, ever, does everyone kind of know the difference? No? Okay, so branding is about you. It's about what you stand for, how you show up, what you present to the world. And it's so focused on what you believe in, your values, and what you've got to say uh, about that, the stories that you want to tell that are going to impact your story and the story of others. Branding are the assets that you use to leverage your personal brand. Does that make sense? So social media platforms, maybe the way you dress, the way you speak, uh, the different ways in which you influence. Um, so just wanted to be clear on those distinctions and then hand over to someone else. In terms of creating a personal brand, you know, for me, it's, I would like to offer simple and valuable advice and it would be to do something that you know, challenges you and that's outside of your comfort zone on a daily basis. Um, and I think with that, you actually are able to identify, you know, what your brand is. Um, and I think it's that initial first step um, in terms of creating a brand. Yeah. Um, just to riff off that, like, I think oftentimes when we think about brand, it's this intangible thing that you have to search for and you may never get to. But um, also, it's about reflecting, though, who you think you are and the kind of values that you stand for. Um, a lot of the times when I work with clients, my job is not to tell them what their brand is. My job is to be a sounding board and to facilitate a discussion for them, um, that I'm hearing things that maybe they're saying, but they're not picking up on themselves. Um, so for example, if uh, one, you know, one person in, in the team says, that chair, is, that chair looks industrial, another person says, that chair has you know, this curvature and it looks steely and there's you know, navy blue cars, rah, rah. everyone uses different words to describe that thing. But at the end of the day, that thing is a chair and this chair looks like this, right? Maybe my challenge to you is this. When you're thinking about your own personal brand, how to create it, think about the five things that you stand for, uh, the five things that maybe, you know, if you interact with someone, um, what would you like them to think about you as, right? The five sort of lasting thoughts that they should have about you. Um, also maybe have conversations with other people from sort of different groups just to get a feel or get a gauge for how they see you. Because again, we're all people and we're very complex beings and we have different facets to us. But if you see a connective thread amongst those things, you might just get closer to what your brand actually is. Could I just make a statement there? I think just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think create brand is the last stage. There are two antecedents or previous steps that need to go into that. The first thing is to know it and then be it to create it. What about making yourself memorable in a good way through your personal brand? For example, you know, could social media play a role, particularly in this day and age? Image and, you know, as, as, as you may have seen with a lot of your clients, um, the way that you present yourself. Um, what do you think about that? 
In creating your brand, which is the ultimate result, I think the first place that, particularly when I'm advising my clients or also thinking about myself, is coming to the world with your own unique perspective. And that takes a lot of soul searching, figuring out what is your unique voice or lens that you want to lend to an issue that matters to you. And case in point, and I'll use a personal example, I never set out as one of my side hustles to be a voice on feminism, which I've ended up being somehow. But, you know, it's one of these things. So about 10 years ago, I had um, some experiences where I was coaching women who were significantly bullied at work by other women. And I was appalled. I couldn't believe that this was happening. And then Sheryl Sandberg published Lean In, for anybody who's read it. And she never spoke about this phenomenon of women bullying other women at work. And I thought, how interesting would it be to actually give a voice to the fact that we must own our own 50% as women in the gender equality conversation and look at how we're actually adding to this situation, not just about looking at external variables. So I wrote a book and I made myself a target called Bitch Fight. <laughs> and then started to talk about how could women actually own their 50% in the gender equality conversation and really start to shift the dial through the power of one? So that's just one example of the way in which I've stepped into something that I believe in, and that's just one piece of what I do, and given a voice to an issue that I think is important that people hadn't traditionally spoken about. So that's how I've created that part of me around social justice. I'd just like to add there, I think people ultimately, you know, the goal really is to, to do work that matters to you and that's never really going to happen unless you have work that is meaningful, it's got purpose, it's aligned with your values and I suppose also that's a big component in my opinion to personal brand. That question, what do I want to do when I grow up, it's impossible really to answer. And we don't know what the destination is going to be, so be kind to yourself along the journey. But what I want to be and who I want to be, that's easier to define. And naturally what will follow is a job or a, an adventure or um, some kind of experience um, that will help you to find the, the work that is meaningful to you. And once you have that figured out, once you have your values figured out and your brand and everything else sort of will naturally follow. How, how have you sort of personally cultivated your, have you cultivated your personal brand? How did you end up where, sure. where you are? Um, okay, I'll, I'll start us off. Mm. So I think in terms of personal brands, you know, and, and your purpose and how you find your meaning and your story, a lot of that will be ongoing dialogue between yourself, right? Um, I think that conversation never really stops we as humans grow and continue to learn. So that will shift and change um, as you sort of go on. Um, for me personally, when I graduated from law school uh, a few years back, this was maybe five or six years ago now, you know, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought, you know, if I could just secure the clerkships um, that, that I thought was prestigious, I could then have a better CV. You know, if I was to be in the top six law firm, um, if I was to volunteer, you know, that would make my CV look really great. But, you know, being in uni, you kind of lose track of things. And uh, when I graduated, I only had two internships with me. Um, and I found it really hard to find a job. And in fact, I applied to 156 jobs and was rejected from all of them before my 157th, uh, which actually landed me at a community legal center called the Humanitarian Group. Um, now, during that time, I hadn't 
thought that I'd ever be in the sort of nonprofit space because while, you know, being altruistic is great, I also wanted to follow my friends who were working at big buildings in the terrace or in Sydney and Melbourne and the likes. But in stumbling to the community legal centre, it really opened my eyes to working with refugees, people seeking asylum, and it reminded me of my own story. Uh, when I was in Jakarta, so I was born in Jakarta, and I moved here when I was seven because of mass race riots. So my mum actually hid me in an attic, and my mum had a knife, my dad had a bat, very dramatic stuff, you know, before eventually sort of moving from island to island and coming to Australia. I had never thought about that connection to my work until I worked at the humanitarian group. And from there, I actually saw, okay, cool, I'm here now. I see, you know, a lot of the funding cuts, policy changes, Stop the Boats campaign. How can I actually help organisations like this at a greater level? That's when I started to leverage the stuff that I had been doing in law school, which was actually freelance design as well, um, and brand and sort of, you know, back in, in school. And I connected those two dots. I started working with UNICEF and then started Draw History. So to me, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing dialogue as to, you know, what is your purpose, what is your brand? But at the end of the day, sorry, what was the question again, Bronnie? No, no, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's you're on good. A, yeah, you're on a, you're on a roll. <laughs> how you've cultivated your personal brand. Right. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's organic. And that's a, very, that's a stellar example. Right. There you yeah. go. I think it's yeah. organic. And over time, the last yeah, exactly. five years, it's being able to share that story. Yeah. It's being able to open up about, you know, getting rejected 156 times. I don't care about that. I, I just want to share it because, one, it's being aware of those experiences that make you you and, and mould your personal brand. It's my unique story. Like, no one else has that story because yeah. it's me. You all have your own personal experiences and that's you, so. Yeah. I think that leads us really nicely into the next question and it's something that um, the panel, we all talked about on Thursday night um, when we were prepping for, um, for today, was also about authenticity. Um, and it's a word that's thrown around, I realise that, but... I think exactly what Jeff was just saying is that he has now got this incredible role and um, he's clearly a very aspirational character in the community because the work that he does is incredibly authentic to him and is aligned with his values. So let's unpack that concept a little bit and talk about authenticity and how important it is to be true to yourself when it comes to personal brand. And what does authenticity mean? How do we... Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I don't think anyone gets up in the morning and says, right, today I'm going to cultivate my brand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I certainly didn't. I think where it starts and I believe where it starts, and I've learnt this after many years of fluffing it up, I'll be honest, in terms of what I've gone to market with, what I've spoken about, is self-acceptance. And I think when you look at yourself in the mirror, sometimes that can be the toughest place to start. Really, really having a solid brand starts with your understanding of self. What are your strengths? What are your unicorn X factor moments or qualities that nobody can display or be as uniquely as you? So it starts with you really knowing yourself and what is it that you bring when no one else can touch you with your unique voice and lens? That's where this starts, doesn't it? How does that then align with your values and how are you going to start to show that to the world through the way you speak, through the actions that you take, to the causes or things that you commit to um, that are aligned with that? And then your brand starts to evolve intuitively. It's not until later in life, I don't think, that I actually started to really say, oh, wow, this is what people are saying about me. Really? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a bit of a weird moment and you go wow that's really amazing but it starts with knowing yourself i do agree with that and 
with the points you both said in terms of the being authentic is the key because it's that's the only way you're going to have longevity in your brand and you know, with everyone here you're, you're very young so you want that your brand to have that longevity and when you start at the point of in you know not being authentic there will be a point where you cannot sustain it it's exhausting yeah and so yeah it's you, not you. yeah so it's, yeah. it's not you I might give a really cool example if I could on that one. I just want to share a story. So this is a true story. I wish I could say his name, but I won't, just because I like to celebrate um, my clients. Had this client come in to see me. I spent most of my career in North America. I haven't been home that long, which has been amazing. Um, and one of my clients was the CFO of a large uh, organisation. Let's just call him Pierre, because he's French-Canadian. Um, and I'm just going to stereotype, so I'm just going to disclaimer, I'm going to really blatantly stereotype accountants. Sorry, I'm just going to do it for now, uh, for my story. Anyway, he came in and he looked kind of very traditional, quite kind of square, bare-looking. He actually had, I think, like Brillo cream or something in his hair. His hair was kind of all slicked back, you know, quite daggy. And, um, and he was wearing kind of weird clothes. But anyway, he was quite successful, walked in. And we sit down and I asked him to start talking about himself and honestly it was like watching paint dry. It was so boring. I'm thinking, oh man, God, I'm there to coach this guy. If he's boring me, God, Lord knows how people are experiencing him in the workplace. You know, what's this say about his brand? Oh God. <laughs> so I stopped him and I said, look, I've got to be honest with you, you're really boring me right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I need to know what excites you. I know that there's somebody in there and I use the question, Pierre, tell me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I don't reckon you've landed. <laughs> he says, well, he says, Vanessa, he says, um, I actually love to sing Elvis songs. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, but yeah, I'm down with it. <laughs> and I said, so tell me about that. He said, all my life I've wanted to sing Elvis songs. Um, but I don't know how to make a living out of it. And I said, okay. Well, I said, firstly, let's, let's get real with legitimacy. Can you actually sing? He goes, yeah. I said, all right, hit me. Persuasion. <laughs> so he rocked it. All of a sudden, this guy that was just so boring just poof, came to life, which is why I love what I do. He was awesome. The rest of the coaching work that we did was about helping him to figure out what he was going to do with this because he was wasted in the role that he was. Pierre is now a very famous Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Travelling around the world doing what he loves. But until he got in touch with who he was, what made his soul and heart sing, it's when work becomes purposeful and effortless he was unable to really step into who he was and, and be the unicorn that he was. So knowing yourself, self-acceptance and stepping into that, no matter how scary it is, is such a big part of this conversation. So I, just, I hope that was interesting for you. This is a true story. And I, and I get stuff like that all the time. Aren't I lucky? Opportunity absolutely comes from courage. Oh. Yeah, because you can imagine that would um, have some critics, I'm sure. He did. Yes. I went to quite a few of the initial shows. Yeah. And, but he was fantastic. He's just mm. such a likable guy. Yeah. But it does take bravery. It does. To your point. You've got to be brave yeah. and you've got to back yourself and mm -hmm. say, you know what? I'm going to take this personal risk to be me. Yeah. And whether you like me or you lump me, I don't care. 
this is how I want to be and this is how I'm going to show up. And he's rocking it. Mm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you think, how do we actually uncover what our personal brand is? What are the sort of practical steps that we can all take from today is to be able to, to do that? I'll let someone else speak because I could answer this one. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. And now I'm contemplating of being a rapper. I'm like, I should really... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <you're> <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, this, there's this book and there's this... Uh, yeah, this book is called Ikigai. I don't know if you guys have sort of heard of it, but it was something that I picked up a few years back and it, it really allows you to question a few things about your life in terms of, you know, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What does the world need more of? And how can I get paid? Um, or can I get paid for it? And I think... Love that question. Yeah. Can I get <laughs> Probably paid the, for doing what I love, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. Right. That's, that's about the, the sustainability part of it as well. I think it's really important to, to be practical about it. And I think if you ask those four questions and, and just start jotting it down, you might actually get an answer that's closer to, to where you want to be. Again, it's ongoing dialogue. Four years, five years ago... I failed units here. Like, I never thought I would come up here. This is like, you know, the, the many time that I've been on a panel at UWA and I keep getting invited, which is great. I love getting invited, but it's still surreal to me because a few years ago, I would have never thought that people would even care about what I had to say about something, whether it's entrepreneurship or whatever. You know, a few years ago, I was nominated as a Young Australian of the Year, um, which is crazy to me because... I hid in an attic in Jakarta. I didn't know how to speak English when I got here. Um, in law school, I failed a bunch of things. And then getting on Forbes, none of this stuff, it's not me going, wow, pat on the back, Jeff, your ego's great. I don't care about all that stuff. I think it's cool, but I think, I just want to illustrate one point that if you stretch yourself, get out of your comfort zone, really think about who you are and what you want to get up in the morning for, you might actually land at a pretty favorable situation um, stepping back from it, so. And I hear your story and I kind of think there's almost a word in there that I'm just going to put in if I could. Sure. It's almost like this thing about being delusional. Now, just, <laughs> just hold on, just go with me. Okay. Being delusional, that's what I'm hearing from your story and this is just coming from me now, right? And that is embracing reality but knowing that you're awesome enough to handle it. Delusional, new definition. There you go, be delusional. Yeah, love that story. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, something like that. Yeah. No, no, embrace reality. So you're totally conscious of reality, but you know you can do it. You got this. Yeah. What, how do you think this would help in the recruitment process? Talk about authenticity, self-acceptance, confidence, intuition. Um, I think a lot of... I was listening to this fascinating podcast with Dave Evans and Stanford University have a design lab for life and he's written this book called Prototype Your Life and I highly recommend that you all listen to it because it's super, super inspiring. But basically he just talks about the importance of being curious and that's really the one personal trait they look for when they get guys into um, Stanford and also when they hire people. He works very, very closely with Steve Jobs and culture on the importance of people in jobs that are aligned with their personal values. But basically, um, the point of my story was what? Is the how would being curious and how do we actually find out what we are interested in, what our brand is, and it's asking people the questions, having co catch-ups, having copies of people, people who inspire you, people who say, hey, that's a cool job, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. People love talking about themselves. So just, you know, be confident and just go and talk to people. Yeah.
I, um, I've been um, running a lot of the selection processes for Google and Silicon Valley for the last 10 years, which has been amazing uh, being part of that team and helping build that culture. And there are th three things that we really look for um, at Google when I'm invited to actually be part of those processes. One is empathy. You probably hear empathy being bandied around a lot. Does everyone know what empathy is? Yeah, being able to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and truly experience the emotions of others. Yeah. Um, the other one is vulnerability. So don't be afraid to take a pers personal risk and share your story and be vulnerable about who you are. Don't try to manipulate or manage the impression when you're in an interview. Um, and, uh, and then the third one is curiosity. So show extreme curiosity, ask lots of questions. Um, as part of um, when you're being interviewed. Yeah. The, no one cares how you became an expert. Expert knowledge is no longer relevant. It's about how you actually evolve, be a generalist and step into the future as it emerges in an adaptable way. Absolutely. And again, um, we, the little agency that I work for, um, more often than not, I mean, this is me coming from a recruitment perspective, is, and also I've worked in big engineering firms and more often than not the hiring decision at the end of the day comes down to someone who's the right cultural fit and more often than not again I mean the jobs that are out there are 50% passive you're not necessarily going to find them on seek um, so it's about involving yourself in communities in networking events whatever it might be that is aligned with your values aligned with your interests and your passion so for example you might go to an event because you're like hey this is a really cool idea and then you'll talk to someone about something that they do and then it opens another door and another door and then you land a job again which is aligned with your brand your values and what you're passionate about so suppose that's kind of what we mean by how it can facilitate success in the recruitment process, knowing your brand. And I think um, also from a more of a passive strategy is, you know, having a very strong awareness of who you are, being conscious of what you put out there and showcasing all of your beautiful unicorn qualities mm -hmm. attracts employers to you. Um, I've actually never applied for a job online or formally ever in my lifetime. People have uh, either come to me or it's been through meeting people or networking, but it's because I've said something or they've seen something that I've um, been passionate about that has sparked their curiosity and then they've called me in for a conversation and then I've created a role for myself. Um, and that's actually, I think that that's, if you can get to that place, that all starts with um, starting to think about the narrative that you're putting out there in the world and how you're attracting people to your energy, which is such a big part of it. And I uh, would like to emphasise the point on the connection in terms of, you know, the reason for you, you know, cultivating that brand is for you to be able to connect yes. with your audience. Um, right. And that's where the power is. Mm. Um, that's why it's a lot, you know, easier to build a personal brand than try to build a, when you have a business and try to build a business brand. Yeah. And so... That connection is what we discussed, you know, writing the five points down um, and how you can leverage that to connect with not just people within your industry, but people outside of your industry mm. or age groups, um, because the ability to communicate with a six-year-old to a 65-year-old will be able to really effectively build that connection. People buy you. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, exercise awareness when you're, we talk a lot about this in positive psychology, about when you're in a state of flow. And what that means is that when you are doing an activity or you're reading the newspaper and you find an article that you're really interested in and time stands still. 
and you're so engrossed in that topic or you're engrossed in that activity and it's that sweet spot between being stimulated and challenged but also something that you're really good at. So I challenge you to, when you're sort of trying to define your personal brand and what interests you, is think about those types of activity when you're in that kind of state. And when you read the newspaper, you might say, hey, it's really cool what this organisation's doing and I, I like that because I'm really interested in X or Y. Um, and then you could, you know, again, it's sort of, you could contact the manager and say, I, you know, I read this article in the paper. And not only does that show initiative, which again is a top skill that we look for in graduates, but also it shows curiosity and also, again, you're not putting that person under pressure, can you give me a job? It's like, well, hey, this is cool what you're doing, maybe we can have a cup of coffee because I'm quite interested in doing that in my career. So much to say, so much so interesting much stuff. I know, I just like, I could go I'm, for hours. I'm, like, back I hope this is helping. Yeah. What next? Okay, so, okay, so what, exactly where we are at. What's the key piece of advice from this session that you aspirational individuals would like to pass on to, to the guys here today? Cool. I'll keep it nice and short for me. Career isn't a corporate ladder. Career is a jungle gym. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, took that from someone else. But uh, so embrace just being present. In all honesty, I know it sounds very cliched, but embrace being present. And when one door closes, another opens. And, you know, take every opportunity you get. Um, be bold about it. You never know where you'll end up. And it's only when you step back and you connect the dots mm. when you realise, cool, actually I'm landing at a good spot right now. So Love it. Thank you. I'm going to give a really corny one. I hope that's okay with it. You've probably got my vibe now. I'm a cheese ball. So, so you are. You're authentic. I am a cheese ball. ball. Total exactly. geek cheese ball. You need to find the magic within you. To find what your magic is. You're all, you all have unicorn qualities, but sometimes we struggle to either see it or articulate what they are. And then just go out there and sprinkle your fairy dust on the world. It's the greatest gift. So... You're all capable of it. Believe me, you're capable of far more than you probably give yourself credit for. So, you know, as a beautiful woman that I know, who I work with, her name's Pat Reed, and she always says to me, Vanessa, she says, believing is seeing. It's not the other way around. So, believing is seeing. For me, I've definitely had my fair share of mistakes um, and failures and getting out there and you know, seeking different opportunities and not fearing that. Um, but in regards to brand and image, what I've learned and what I, um, from clients that I've worked with, and it's on a, the importance of being consistent with your brand. Anything you put out online or offline, the way, the content you communicate, think before, is this, you know, something that I will be consistently putting out and is it true to me? Um, because it takes time to build a brand and definitely don't give up if you've, you know, wrote down your five um, top, um, key values and then you've started to project it out via online and offline and it's not, you know, going the way you like because it, it is a journey. Um, so definitely be consistent and be patient um, because the results is also your brand is perceived differently by everyone. So it's very hard to measure the effectiveness of your personal brand. Um, that's my advice. Okay, we'll hand over for Q&A, shall we? First question. My question is, um, being complex, dynamic beings, we are constantly un going under, undergoing change. And when we, when we do undergo change, does our brand also change? Or should our brand include things about us that does not go 
undergo change, if that makes sense. Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. I think that your brand will evolve as you do. Your brand is an extension of self. I hope that answers your question. Does that mean a restart or just builds upon your brand? It or? evolves. Oh, okay. Like you as a human being, constantly evolving and adapting and transforming. And I know it's a silly example, but you know, 10, 15 years ago, he's, he's got a different brand to who he is now. Yeah. So, but it's still very much authentic to who he is, because when we think of him, it creates this visceral feeling or emotion about him, right? Very divisive, but he's authentic. We can't blame him for that, so. So I have a comment on how do we actually integrate different values that might not necessarily work with each other? Because I'm an environmentalist, and if you're wanting to be branding to actually get a better job, you have to spend the money to actually buy the better things to actually brand yourself as being yourself, but not actually still being true to yourself. And I, I still feel that I'm an environmentalist. I feel very strong about the environment. How do I actually try and present myself Forward, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that a in so, in in regards to your audience? Or yeah, how yeah. other people view me? Yeah. Because trying to integrate different things that don't necessarily work together, at least not at the moment, mm. is very difficult. So trying to actually put myself forward as being the best I can, but also staying true to myself is very difficult. Sure. I actually really get you on that because as a social enterprise, who needs to make money at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, we work with a lot of... Oh, speaking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Recording <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> podcast, yes. Uh, as someone who runs a social enterprise, I really get that because we need to make money at the end of the day. Yeah. We work with a lot of non-profits and responsible businesses, but, you know, when you know, it, we're on a downward cycle and then there's a business, for example, that doesn't align with what we do and is offering a whole lot of money to win the yeah. contract, yeah. we would make a decision on whether or not we want the cash or we stick to our values. I think it's on you to negotiate, you know, how far you're willing to push those values. Again, we have to be practical, right? Um, but it's on you to negotiate whether or not you want to reconcile that value with that circumstance or not. Okay. Um, and oftentimes for me, the way I decide is I go back to our mission. Um, the mission for Draw History is how do we empower more people to do and become more so that we can improve our world. Uh, if working with a, you know, nothing against liquor stores, but if it was about rebranding a liquor store and rolling out a campaign for them, would I do it? Probably not. So go back to your core mission or your core why as a person and maybe make a judgment call based on that. That's right. what I share on that. To add to that, I also would suggest that just, again, attach purpose to the decision and meaning behind the decision as well. Exactly the same reason, okay, well, the, the reason why I'm doing this is because it doesn't necessarily align with my values, but it's going to get me to the next stage. Yeah. So as long as there's get meaning and person to, the to it. stage that you can actually make the change. Yeah. Anchor back to your values, anchor back to your meaning and purpose of what it might be, and you can then you know helps you sleep at night. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and sometimes you need to fire people right from your life. It's going to make yeah. a tough decision. I don't say yes to every person that asks to work with me. Yeah, yeah. You have to make some tough calls sometimes, even if you know it would be kind of nice <laughs> in terms of this. You have to walk. Yeah, exactly. it'll do more damage in the long term. There are certain things you're willing to compromise on and other things not. That's just a fact of life um, and other things not. So stick to that.
Um, my question's a bit more simple, but do you have any advice for people who are like very introverted and not really into it? Introversion is the new power, my darling. <laughs> There's a fantastic book, and I can't remember that. The lady was just in Perth talking about... Thank you. Um, one of our colleagues. And, uh, you know, again, there are so many other ways for you to get your voice out there through writing. You don't have to be a speaker. You don't have to be a loudmouth like me. You can be a writer. You know, you can use poetry or anything like that to get your voice out there. And there's a, there is a power in quiet as well. You don't have to be a cheerleader or no. at all. It's beautiful. Just embrace who you are. Can I ask with what, it. what you're studying? Planning. I think just, just own it as well. Just own it. Yeah, so in, a, in an interview you'd sort of say, well, the, the thing is I'm, I'm an introvert and so the types of roles that would suit me would be these types of things because this is really what I'm very interested in. Um, I'm not an extrovert so I don't necessarily want to lead a team but I'm happy to work on that. But, yeah, just own it. Yeah, and talk about what you do bring. Exactly. Don't, don't, you know, without apology. Yeah. Right? Claim your space without apology. Yeah. Seriously, just step into it and talk about what you do bring. Uh, do you have any advice on how I could increase my visibility to potential employees, uh, employers? With the different platforms you can use, um, you know, with LinkedIn and social media, and online, most people would go via that platform. But I think to be innovative and figure out different ways where you can actually connect with you know, your target industries, face-to-face -face would be a great opportunity. I think um, there's a lot of events. Um, you can um, also reach out to people and, and ask them for you know, to sit down and have coffee with them. And even, I think it's a... Uh, to go outside of your industry as well and, and think out, you know, kind of the bigger arena. Um, I think with, with the, there, there will be different opportunities there because I think if we kind of just focus on one area, it's quite limited um, to what opportunities, because not a lot of opportunities are advertised. And I think it's best to seek uh, more opportunities outside of your um, focus areas. Yeah, I'd make networking your side hustle, man. Like, think about what do I want? What's my hit list? What are the organisations that are so hot? Like, I get so excited. I go, yeah, my top ten. Who do I want to work for? Start to establish connections within those industries. You can just start with LinkedIn as a starting point and say, hey, how you going? You know, this is what I do. No shame. Uh, and start reaching out and then try and get some connections or see who knows who, you'd be amazed. The networking, the power of networking. And then start to st try to go to, to events if you can, either in Western Australia or external, pay to go. Some really awesome stuff happening in Europe and in the States. Start to rub shoulders. Um, do your homework before you go. Maybe do some stakeholder mapping and I can send that through if anyone's interesting. You know, who's on my list? What do I want to talk about? You know, targeted communications plan. And have something to talk about, you know, beyond, hello, my name's Joe and I do this. Yeah, okay. Yawn. You know, have, show curiosity. Have a perspective on something. But I always start with a hit list, my hit list, which is how I started working with Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I had this thing, obsession with Starbucks. Took me a while, but eventually I got there and I coached the executive team for three years. Took me about five years to make it happen, but that's how I did it. 
is create the hit list, go after it on LinkedIn, easy, start to figure out who you know, start to go to the events or industry-led events, go big, go broad, not narrow. Um, and as I said, the best opportunities will come from your personal connections and you showing up and showcasing how awesome you are and people will buy your energy. That's what it's about. They'll just go, I wanna work with that dude. Plus a comment on that, everyone, I'm just gonna say it. No one likes to work with high maintenance individuals. Did you hear that? Yeah, low maintenance, easy, fun. We would prefer to work with someone who's kind of uh, medium intelligence levels, not like star bright shining. Uh, but a really cool cat to work with that's fun and interesting. That's, that's just the way it is. So, and you, you've got a great energy, I can tell already. I'm a profiler, by the way, you can already tell. Thank yeah, you. really good energy, so you won't have any problems. Uh, you've touched on it briefly, but can, can I ask you for your views on LinkedIn and if you do support it or if you do think it's important, um, your comments on the best ways to use it? I definitely recommend um, LinkedIn. It's a, a very powerful platform to connect and create those opportunities. Um, and uh, your question was to best how to best utilize it? Y yeah, well, how, how would you use it? In the sense of building a brand, how yeah. would you recommend using it? Okay, so there's different ways you can storytell. I believe in storytelling is the best way to um, build a brand. And you know, you, so you can post photos or content, and it's got to be aligned to your five, you know, the values and what you represent. Um, it could be a photo of you having coffee with, you know, uh, your mentor or something, and then you tell the story of you know how this mentor inspires you, and so there's that connection with your audience, and it's not about selling, but it's about storytelling and connecting with your audience, and you know, building that that interaction obviously the way you do that is is up to you how you, and and it starts with the core of actually what is that is your brand and what you represent once you identify that then you can utilize it and um show content through that and actually build those connections and then it just snowballs so and then people will start talking about you more and they'll know your brand um but it takes that initial first post and you know you might not get any likes when I did my first post I got two I likes know, <laughs> yeah and you know most people just give up they're like oh I've got two likes I'm going to give up but your brand takes time to build and you know as long as you're consistent and you're delivering value to your audience there will be a time when the audience gives back to you um, but it's you've, you've you can't go with the expectation of I'm going to give to my audience and they're going to give me you know something in return straight away yeah. yeah, it's not a one-night stand, it's an enduring relationship. Yeah, you could <laughs> say it like that. <laughs> Good one, you'll remember that though, won't yeah. you? That's what this, yeah. I, I find LinkedIn quite overwhelming, so I'm not sure if you have the same experience. So basically, it's, it's just slowly but surely, I would add people to my network who I think uh, we have similar types of career paths, um, someone who I'm very interested in following, aspirational employers that I might have, for example, whether it's a Starbucks of the world or something different. Um, I follow academics that I'm very interested in and inspired by. And then slowly but surely, they become your connections. Then you see what they're doing. They see what you're doing. And down the track, there might be someone say, hey, Bron, I saw that you, know, you were working with Swiss Wellness during this executive coaching course. Maybe you can come and do the same for us. So it's very slowly but surely it builds and builds. 
um, and you'll see what other people are doing, what you're up to, and then and then the stars will align. Don't you think an important point too to piggyback on what you're saying is also you've got to give back. It's the exchange as well. So, you know, crediting or commenting on other people's posts and giving, like, pay it forward. I'm being really abundant and generous in your approach and giving feedback to other people as well and saying, way to go, man, you know. Just that's a really important part of it as well um, to show that it's not just all about you. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on other kind of social media, like, networks, networking opportunities like Instagram and Twitter. Do you think that they kind of add value to your brand or not really? You might be able to be placed to... No, that's cool. Um, it really depends, really, on your capacity as well. Like, don't stretch yourself just because other people have a Twitter or Instagram account for the sake of it. Um, also understand who your audience is. Who are you trying to connect with? Who are you trying to add value for? Um, if your audience isn't on Twitter or isn't on Instagram, then don't do it. I think it's best that you lock into a particular platform where you can give your 100% and you're genuinely adding value and you care about the people there and you're sort of having that exchange of value and conversation as opposed to doing 10% on 10 different platforms because then you don't get anywhere. Um, yeah. Great question. Yeah. You've, got, yeah, you've got limited resources and time. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's understand your target audience, where it is. Um, I think most of you, it would be on LinkedIn. Um, but Instagram for the, you know, crea the creativity, and there is a large audience on that, but it's got to be consistent as well. So if your LinkedIn profile is very professional, and then on Instagram you've got, you know, yourself partying and, <laughs> you know, bikini and speedo photos. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that one of yours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so... <laughs> That's part of the brand, not just. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if um, it's so it's part of the your um, brand as well, um, and it's so it's not separate. Um, it's it's, an it's your, oh yeah, it's an extension. So definitely utilize it, but you've, it's up to each of you to know if that's the value that it provides for you um, based on your target audience, as uh, Jeff Jeff said. Thank you. I think we might wrap up there. There are a few more questions, but feel free to come up at the end and speak to panellists individually. I saw there are a few hands going up, but I think I know a lot of you have got to get some even more inspirational talks on your agenda today, so we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Great. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you.